Hello, and welcome to Law, the Universe, and Everything. I'm your host, Pacifico Soldati. The show explores topics from law and business to consciousness, spirituality, and everything in between. We feature accomplished leaders across many fields to help you get more out of your life. You can learn more and stay up to date at theluepodcast.com. If you're not familiar with my background, I'm a helper, parent, marketer, attorney outlaw, certified mediator, story brand guide, omnist, yoga teacher, and a former paratrooper and award-winning army chef at the 82nd Airborne Division and U.S. Army Special Operations Command. I'm the founder and CEO of the Soldati Group, a marketing agency helping startups, small businesses, and law firms leverage the power of story to grow their businesses. Law, Universe, and Everything is a production of the Soldati Group. All opinions expressed by the hosts and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of the Soldati Group or guest employers. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only, and these discussions do not constitute legal or investment advice. Today's episode is brought to you by Prosperitas, an animated video agency that can help you bring your company's ideas, values, products, and messages to life with the power of video storytelling. Whether you strive to win more customers, engage, or educate your audience, Prosperitas will craft each video specifically targeted to fit your brand and vision. Visit ProsperitasAgency.com today to learn more. That's P-R-O-S-P-E-R-I-T-A-S agency.com to find out how Prosperitas can create the best videos your company has ever had. My guest today is Sherry Anshara. Sherry is an international best-selling author, professional speaker, former radio host of Conscious Healing, and contributing writer to national and international publications on the subject of the Anshara method of accelerated healing and abundance and overall wellness. Sherry utilizes her experience and expertise as a medical intuitive as the foundation of her groundbreaking work with cellular memory, which she calls the Anshara method. Through the Anshara method, you access your cellular memories, which hold the root causes of your symptoms, whether mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, or financial. Sherry created these systematic processes so you can rid yourself of unwanted limitations, restrictions, negative thought patterns, and toxic behaviors. Sherry guides you to heal at the cellular level so you enjoy health, wellness, and abundance in every area of your life. Thank you so much for joining me today, Sherry, and welcome to- Thank you, I'm, I'm looking forward to our conversation. Oh, me too. So take me back, how did you first discover your gifts in the healing arts? Actually, I tell people I really don't heal you, but I facilitate and support you to get to your own truth. And how did that happen? I had a life-authoring accident and I actually died. Isn't that fun? (laughs) I had a broken neck, a broken back, a smashed head, and my brain was out of place, but we didn't know it. And I was 15 feet underwater, upside down in the Connecticut River in a car, and I was attempting to help people. So Pacifico, I don't help anybody anymore. I assist them. And so then I can stay alive. Isn't that funny? (laughs) And, And so I was in the hospital and I was a mess. And I didn't have very good predictions of what my life would be like, but I was laying there and I was really a mess. I was a mess and it was very painful, but I was, I was laying there always. What I teach is Neo, non-emotional observer, though I didn't know it at the time because I always was the observer since a kid. And so I'm laying there looking at my arm which wasn't damaged. And I thought, what if I cut myself, it's going to heal. Whether I put anything on it and it might have a scar and it might not. 
So how does that happen? And that's when it came to me in 1991. I'm now known as the mother of cellular memory, especially in the lay community. And that's when I discovered there was this innate intelligence and intellect in our body that I called cellular memory and that it was the cellular memorization of an accident or a trauma or a separation or being abandoned or, or abuse, whatever. And that overrode the perfect memory. And as I began to tap into that, and so while I was laying in the hospital bed for about a week, I got up and I told them I was leaving and they said, we're not ready to let you go. And I said, I've already called a cab. And I was in Connecticut. I lived in Michigan at the time. So I said, well, I called a cab and I'm, I made arrangements uh, for the airlines and I'm going to go to Hartford, Connecticut and pick a plane and go back to Michigan. And that's what I did. Isn't that funny? Wow. That's pretty wild. <laughs> I know. And they gave me all these drugs to take with me on the plane, but I didn't take them. So I just said, I've got to find a way. Now, it, what, it really wasn't easy to do that, but that's what I had to do anyway. It, it was really exciting. And so that was just your first near-death experience. Is that correct? Oh, no. It was actually my third. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I discovered that sometimes we have traumatic experiences in our life, which could be someone leaving or a divorce or an accident or an illness. And so I always call those my trips to the multiversity to learn about myself. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Oh, definitely. I can, and I so, definitely and, and I always had, even as a child, Pacifico, a different view of life. I always shared the story. And it, and it made the difference at that time of the accident. And one of the things, when I was little, very little, I raised my hand in history class. The teacher was teaching us that Columbus discovered America. And Columbus is Italian, right? So I raised my hand and I said, the only thing is if Columbus discovered America, how come people lived here? And the teacher looked at me and he goes, Sherry, just memorize it and pass the test. That was the best advice, memorize it. And I thought, you know what? That put me on an entirely different path as that very young little girl. Isn't that amazing? Oh, wow. And I very wanted to find out, well, we tell people this and we memorize people this, but what, what really did happen? What really did happen? And I had a teacher years later, I, I believe I was in high, yeah, I was in high school first year of high school and he said to me he goes you know what Sherry what's interesting about you and I said what he said you take information from here and here and here and you put it together and that's really what I do in the facilitation that I do is I take information that my clients give me from different parts and aspects of their life and as we begin to assemble it or instead of getting dissembled that they did is to figure out the why because you can't change the what of something until you get to the why whether it's business or personal professional it, it's the same it's absolutely the same and what and i was always interested in languages i love latin and i love spanish i excelled in those areas but it, again it was finding the root cause and how funny pacifico i now teach wordology is your biology Hmm. Interesting. 
isn't it? So tell me a little bit more uh, about the Anshara method and what you do for your clients. Okay, so if someone comes in and they fill out an intake sheet that they could have ADD or they could have anxiety or depression, even cancer, or their business isn't doing well. So what I do is a system, and believe it or not, in 10 minutes or less, we can actually get to the root cause, the core of those issues, I say in their tissues, in their body. And it doesn't mean they have a solution yet. See, everybody is based on a solution. The Anshara method is really based on resolving it. When you get the resolution, then the solution comes. And I'll give you an example because you because of business and I love business. I was working with this company and this is hilarious, but it worked. And they were their technology company and their techie people would go out for their systems. And so when I went to uh, work with them after I had worked with the owners, it was a family owned company and I, and they were a little bit put off when I came up there. And so to get their attention, Pacifico, you're going to love this because 95, 98% of their employees are men, <laughs> they're men which is okay. So I walked in and they were like, and I said, all right, you guys, there's so much testosterone going on in this room. I can't concentrate. Could you please settle down <laughs> or whatever? And so they started laughing because humor is the best medicine. But the techies told me that they didn't like, they're, they're not sell. They don't sell. They just, they're not going to be salespeople. And I said, wow, that, that makes sense. You're a techie. Why would you sell? They would go out to install things for the, the clients. And so I said, what if I was one of your clients and you saw there was something better for my, my company, would you recommend it? And they said, oh, absolutely. Their sales tripled in three months. Oh, wow. That's because wild. they became recommenders instead of salespeople, which their salespeople were happy about too, because everybody prospered. But this wonderful company in their building they had a, a space that was empty and they didn't. So we created, quote, a healing room. And really what they did was they put a massage table up there. They put table and chairs. They put all these wonderful writings on the walls. And, and so if someone was stressed, they actually could go up there and meditate or they could eat or whatever and have a space. Isn't that amazing? Sounds awesome. It is awesome. I'm not kidding you. And I'm so happy that, that I was able to contribute to that, to that connection within the company. And there were a couple people that really would like to have left, but they didn't want to leave on bad terms. But it, it empowered everybody to support those other two people to move off into what they would like to do. And so it sounds like... So it sounds like you help, you really help people a lot with things like limiting beliefs. And can you talk a little bit about like how those really hold people back and how they can break through? Absolutely. So we all have limited belief systems and they use humor. So Pacifica, what's the first letter of the word belief? B. And the first letter of the word system? S. <laughs> Got it. So limiting belief systems can be BS. So here's one. Let's just say you could be seven years old, you can be 20 years old. And someone says to you, you know what, your family or you can't do that. You just, you don't have the where for all to do that. 
So that gets impressed in your left computer brain. And I explain the physicality. So the left computer brain goes to the right male side. This is not gender. And we recreate, recreate. Maybe some of your friends or associates or even yourself that you've repeated patterns before and have asked yourself, why am I doing this? So you can't change the what till you get to the why. I call that the fork in the road. So let's find out what is going on. And so when you get to the reason, the reasonable reason, not the irreasonable reason, then you can say, you know what? I really can change this. And it really does create a change at your cellular level. I actually have cells that a physician sent me about eight years ago with one of my clients. And there is a significant difference. So the belief systems is part of our language. So the NOTs, specifically, you, you cannot do that. You just can't do that. Or where did you ever get the idea that you could do that? And that sticks. And that can start as soon as the minute the sperm hits the egg. I kid you not. And I actually wrote an article about baby's first connection. So when I'm working with parents, I actually assist them to be really clear when the baby's in the womb about what they're doing, because it can be a lifetime of not good enough. And, and children are really brilliant, but they hold on to that. And then that becomes a pattern. And I believe that Britney Spears saying it so well. Oops, I did it again. <laughs> and so what I do is a system to look at what is the profile, what is the pattern that we're doing, and what role do we put ourselves in? So we've been taught that we are reflections of each other. And really, that's an absurdity. Because in a reflection, there's, there's nothing solid. A, a reflection isn't there. Look in the mirror, step away. So really, life is a projection. We project what we like. We can project success. But what if we have a belief system that we can be successful, but it can't last? And how many famous people that have been come along that had all the money and everything in the world, and they either got sick, or they overdosed, or they killed themselves? Because somewhere deep in their unconsciousness, so in psychology and psychology, psychiatry, they work in the left brain and it's talk therapy. I'm not against it, but we can talk and talk till the cows come home, but it doesn't change anything within the body. So I liken the body to a house and the subconscious are those things you have to clean out the closet, the garage, the crawl space, the attic, the basement, but in the unconscious where I assist people to get to that's where the why is that's where you can change that fork in the road is to get to the core of causation instead of just doing a band-aid isn't that interesting absolutely i love so, it every day tell me more about what a medical intuitive is and how you frame that work oh that was really assigned to me by the medical community because of all the different experiences I've had in my life and being pretty open, and I'm going to break a pattern here. Everybody says, you know, like, intuition is woo-woo, correct? It's, oh, intuition, whatever. Actually, intuition, I'm the practical girl. Intuition is our natural innate ability to discern what is correct for you 
and what is not instead of right or wrong. Because people will die in their belief systems to be right. I would rather be correct for me. So as a medical intuitive, I actually have the ability to see inside the body. Isn't that weird? <laughs> it's weird, but I can. And so that is the connection. But I do not heal people. And, and if someone calls me a healer, I, I, I'm not. There are no healers. You have to do it yourself. The method I developed, the Anchara method, is really to connect you to the core. And so when someone fills out my intake sheet and wherever it is in the body, that is the information that I look at to know where it is in the body because your body is intelligent, it's intellectual. However, it gets overridden by these cellular memorizations. And that is the core of disease. Simply put, if I tell you at any age, specifically, you cannot do that, and it festers like a wound. So that NOT can turn into a KNOT, which is a knot, a tumor, a cancer, a depression, anxiety, and I just co-authored a book with this woman called Tyrone Wyeth, and she asked me in, when she was writing her book to give the core of every diagnosis, even the word diagnosis or die, it doesn't that scary, orology. And so every issue, whether it's personal, professional, whether it's business, whether it's whatever we're doing is a, as an emotional component. So all the issues, so if someone writes down they have anxiety, I know immediately anxiety is unrealistic expectations that they could have picked up, who knows? Or cancer is eating yourself up alive. Or depression is deepest disappointment. Now that sounds simplistic, and believe me, it is. The simpler we make it, the faster and the easier and the more practical ways my clients heal themselves and healing just means addressing the issues that are emotional and physical emotional in their tissues i'm very clear i teach doctors i've taught all kinds of people um, my clients range from billionaires to kids and sometimes it's easier to work with kids closer to source they are closer to the source absolutely we talk about energy, like energy is everything. Every, and yeah, it is. But what does it mean? What does energy mean? See, I'm all for the practical side of things. Mm -hmm. So energy, Pacifico, is actually a byproduct. That's all it is. It's a byproduct. It's a byproduct of either consciousness that I teach or the belief systems. And when you're fully conscious, I actually have techniques to assist my clients and ends myself to connect the left brain, right brain. And when they do that, it's so amazing because the right brain is really the creative side that goes to your female side. This is not woo woo. This is the practicality of what I teach. And so when I assist them to connect that left brain, right brain, just amazing things happen. Their businesses excel, their relationships excel, but the best relationship that excels is within themselves. And they stop that and I won't say negative or positive because that's duality and I teach non-duality. So is it correct for you or not correct? Isn't mm. that cool? Very cool. It is. I love it.
so tell me, how has a failure or an apparent failure set you up for later success? And do you have a favorite failure? Um, let's see. Actually, I will give you one that isn't a failure first. Can I do that? Go for it. Okay. When I was 30, I have a sister who's like my mom. She's 12 years older. She was like my mom and my mother. It was my mother, very formal, Scandinavian lady, very formal. And so when I was 30, I said, you know what? I'd like to learn how to fly an airplane. And they said, you're a girl and you're too old. I was 30. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) So not not only did I learn how to fly an airplane, so I didn't tell them. I just did it. So not only did I learn how to fly an airplane, I bought an airplane. And people said, how did you buy an airplane? How do you buy a car? You put down X amount of money and once a month you get it, unless you can afford to buy it. <laughs> See what I mean? Yeah. And but what if I had heard, listened to them or heard them instead of listening to myself? Because there's a fine line between hearing, hearing and listening is with your body, with your heart, not woo-woo. And so that made a complete difference. In, in my life, I had so many exciting experiences. I ended up producing air shows. I volunteered at a military museum. I spoke at the Pentagon. This is about my, I had all kinds of wonderful things happen. It was just exquisite. And so that was one of the, I would say, tremendous successes. And when I look back, I can't say that I really had failures. What I did in the idea of failure is that I did not comprehend what was happening in the experience. And I got too emotional. And when I got emotional, that's when things began to tank. Now, I could call them failures, but I now see them as successes. I didn't have my own tools because I didn't listen to myself. Mm. Wow. So Sherry, if you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say and why? I would have, it would say three words. Trust your heart. Mm. And then I would put, stay out of your head. (laughs) 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 Because we tend to analyze things. Got it? Mm-hmm. And when we analyze, we miss opportunities. And that's the thinking. So I teach people how not to think. So I have a Sherryism. I feel, this is not woo, I feel so I cannot thinky-thinky. And that makes such a difference. And I have a lot of Sherryisms too. I have a lot of Sherryisms. <laughs> oh, I bet you do. <laughs> and they're fun because I love language. And in using humor, that makes a different resonance. So energy, back to energy. Energy is a byproduct of either belief systems and it's very contracted and constricted. Or energy is a byproduct of being conscious. And conscious starts with being neo and that all of your experiences that you've had you're like your own encyclopedia britannica and when you begin to connect to those experiences you can utilize those experiences 
in a much more productive, practical way than using those experiences like, oh my God, I'm so stupid. How could I have done that? Because you did the best and worst you could with what you knew and didn't know at the time. But now when you really know, then you begin to understand. But when you comprehend, comprehension is the key to unlocking that innate ability within you to discern what is correct and what isn't without making it a trauma drama. I'm sure specifically people that love their trauma dramas. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) It is amazing how they love their trauma dramas. Oh, it's addictive and comforting and familiar, a certain safety to it. Yeah, Yeah. miserable. Misery loves company. So it's just continuing to comfort yourself with it. Yeah, but it's non-productive. And then I teach time. I think you will love this. I teach time. I teach time to all sorts of individuals because I have clients from all ages and stages, all backgrounds, all sorts of businesses, everything. When I ask people what time is, they'll say they have too much time or they had too little time or time's running out or where did time go? No, that's not the truth. So I teach people to write down the word time and spell it T-I-M-E. And then I have them split it in half and ask them, what does that spell? It spells tie me. Yeah, tie me up. No, no such thing. Have too much time, too little time. So this is what I, matter of fact, this will make you laugh. I taught this to two physicists, friends of mine, and they said, how did you figure that out? I go, look, you two are physicists. What's up with you guys? How come you didn't figure it out? So it, and it makes I just a world, a whole world of difference. So time is an increment of space. We're in a space time. You where you are and I'm here where I am in my office and you where you are in your office. So those are your spaces. Your bedroom is a space, your bathroom is a space, your business is a space, your car is a space, outside it, it's all a space. You go into space, it's still a space. That's what it is. And so time is an increment of space in which you create consciously an experience that you're choosing to create. It's that simple. So you can say, are you having a miserable time? Very good. Or would you like to have a fabulous time? It's up to you. Mm, Very powerful. Yeah. And so here's an experience. I was coming back from California and I had all water and food and all that. And we got across the Arizona border and there had been an accident or something. I don't know, but it was backed up for at least 10 to 15 miles. And, and we were only going like barely five miles an hour because there's trucks and it was one lane. It was just, you couldn't go anywhere. And I had a choice, not a decision. A decision is emotional, but a choice is powerful. So I had a choice. So I ended up calling a cousin and we chatted and I called another friend in Michigan and and then I called my kitty sitter and whatever. And by the time I made these calls and had these fabulous conversations, the traffic was open. So instead of sitting there stewing, oh, hurry up, and I just had a great time. And the energy in my car is peaceful. And I just utilized those increments of space to do something productive and fun. Oh, I love that. It don't, isn't, that, isn't that fun? 
So tell me, what is one of the best or most worthwhile investments you've ever made? And feel free to interpret the word investments as broadly as you like. I would say the best investment I ever made was after that accident in 91. Though it was challenging and Pacifico, I lost everything. I was a very successful businesswoman, very successful. And I lost everything. But the best investment was I gained myself. And I moved from Michigan in 97 to Arizona, following my heart, not my head. Otherwise, I'd moved to New York, followed my heart. And I got here with my last $50 and didn't really know anybody. That was my best investment, that 50 bucks. And what did that get you? Into Scottsdale, Arizona. Isn't that amazing? Uh-huh. And the rest is taking each step and believing in myself no matter what. It wasn't easy. Was it painful at times? Absolutely. But I knew inside myself that if I could heal what I had, and actually I'll back it up. After this happened to me and I was in Michigan and I had a beautiful home, I had everything. Now I lose everything and I'm homeless. Isn't that fabulous? But I did it wondrously. I met this woman who had this gorgeous home who took me in and we're best friends to this day. And I lived there for a year because I was quite banged up and she took care of me. And that experience there with her and her support was so incredible that someone who doesn't know you, who isn't related to you, but this is the funny part. Eight women came into my life and two knew each other and they asked me to teach them something. Can you imagine my life has fallen apart? So I said to each of them, I won't even tell you, I can't use the words on the air, but I go, are you crazy? My my life has fallen apart and you would like me to teach you something? Obviously there's something wrong, the wrong and right people. And they said, we'll do it anyway. So I had started this book, my first book, writing about cellular memory in 1991 on a 286 computer, which I didn't have any computer skills. And I was writing it. So I said, I know, I will teach you for eight weeks. I'll teach you for eight weeks. The class lasted 13 months, and then I moved to Arizona. And that was the foundation for my first courses, Intuitive Powers, Practical Applications. Wow. Isn't that funny? It's intense. But they believed in me, not belief systemed, but believed in me. And even though my life was a mess, they said, you have, there's something about you. And I go, yeah, I'm screwed up. That's what's happening. Uh-huh. They, <laughs> we, you know, I use humor and they go, we know that, but would you teach us anyway? I go, okay. And that was it. And they paid me. There you go. Isn't that something? And I thought, Make wow. Hmm. And that's what happened. Oh, very cool. <laughs> so you got to trust. Trust yourself. Trust your heart. Trust your intuition, your natural innate ability to discern. And for whatever you do, not trust that left computer brain because it'll get you into trauma dramas and it'll make you sick. So tell me, how have you found mentors and advisors throughout your career? I did. Re- remember when I told you I was flying? I met five World War II pilots. And they became my mentors. They were all businessmen. 
And for some reason, they took me into their boys club. And, and I laughingly say, I knew their wives and their girlfriends simultaneously. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but I became one of the guys. And they would share. And on the days we couldn't fly um, because of weather or whatever, we would sit around and we call that hangar flying. And they would tell me about their business. But one thing that I really learned from them, they never said they trusted their intuition. Oh, my God, they would never say that. But what they told me is they trusted their gut. What's your gut feeling? And so they became mentors. And one of them actually ended up, when I left my own businesses, he actually hired me in sales. And I actually became VP marketing of that national company without oh, wow. a college degree. Very because nice. Because of the mentoring and believing in what I could do. And then there was another man that worked in the company and he and I uh, formed a bond and he was just one of the most wonderful men. And he also was from World War II. So isn't that interesting? Wow. Because they had a certain something about them. And when I was producing air shows, I used to hang out with this retired general of the Air Force Reserve and he became also a mentor. And we used to go around and talk about the building of the B-24s at one airport because I was from Michigan. And so I got to meet a lot of these World War II men that would tell me all sorts of stories that I guess they never told their wives or their family because it was too painful, but yet they would share that. And those were mentors that they overcame adversities like nobody had seen before. And one man had been on the Bataan Death March. That's the Japanese when they were building the bridge on the wooden fly. Oh, it, wow. It was so extraordinary that I just got there. And that's when I really discovered the difference between hearing and listening. I just sat and listened and I learned. If I was hearing, I wouldn't have learned anything. Wow. It was so uh, amazing of how they overcame uh, these adversity and were able to create businesses and get married and have families, but yet they would have these hidden things. And what that also told me of what I do now is the hidden things that are inside that create the disease. So you see all of your experiences, Pacifico, when you observe them from whatever age or stage, it just all sort of coalesces together in what you're doing at the moment. And for these 30 years that I've been doing this now, since I came out of the drink, and those women forced me into teaching them something, was for, I drew upon all these different experiences. And one of my favorite mentors was my Latin teacher when I was in junior high. And we became friends. And I used to go over to her small little teeny apartment. And we would talk about history because she taught Latin. And we would talk about the Roman Empire. And so she gave me a whole, I love, I'm a historian to the max. I'm not kidding you. But that put me on a different path too. The same with the teacher that said, memorize it. But she opened my eyes as that 12-year-old of what history really means and how it repeats itself. And we do it all the time. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So what advice would you give to a smart, driven high school or college graduate about to enter the real world? And is there any advice you think they should ignore? Well, 
first listen to your gut trust your heart does it feel to you and don't become something because someone wants you to become that i know you said you worked for attorneys at times and i remember having an attorney in my class years ago and he said i never he said i didn't want to needy i didn't want to be an attorney and i said what would you have liked to have done and he you know named a couple other things but he became an attorney because his dad was an attorney because he was told since he was a little kid that you're going to do what your dad does and you're going to be in business and the interesting part about that after he took this class and he was close to 50. do you know that he quit and he started something else oh not surprised <laughs> and it wasn't bad being an attorney he wasn't even in like divorce or litigation or something it was it was more business but he said so he said sherry you showed me that my heart was never in this but i did it because someone and this is the key do not allow someone to make a decision for you emotionally if it isn't your choice. And the thing is, we don't have to stick to one thing. I grew up in Michigan. So it was you work for the auto companies, not wronging it, and it's 30 and out. And 18 months later, you're dead. And so um, I've had, I cannot tell you how many careers I've had. And I remember my family saying, can't you stick to one thing? And I go, yeah, I, I'm sticking to the one thing when I'm in it. And then I move on and do something else. So this is the longest I've ever done anything, but I love it. I absolutely love it. And everyone is unique. Everyone has their unique stories. And then everyone has their unique way to get out of the stories and start creating what they love to do in their life, whatever that is, whether it's couples and I'm going to throw this in it as a plug. There's a book on my website called The Intelligence Code. And Pacifico is written by 14 of my clients. There's CEOs in there's the famous cancer doctor. There's all kinds of professionals in there. But my favorite is Marlo. Marlo is a hairdresser. And four years ago, five years ago, she was making like 13, 14,000 a year. And before COVID hit, she made 80 living in the same quote depressed area. Wow. Because it's recognizing your value and your worth, that you're valuable and you're worthy. Is that cool or what? That was very cool. And that actually leads me to my next question was going to be, what are one to three books that have greatly influenced your life? <laughs> my own. <laughs> <laughs> because I wrote them. Can I put a plug in for them? Of, I of course. Them. Oh, absolutely. My first one was called The Age of Inheritance, but I rewrote it and it's on my website. It's called Take Back Your Power, You Becoming You. It's quite a heady book, believe me. And it's really a handbook to get out of duality to, and the dual, the dualistic, the dual within the fight within yourself so that you become yourself. So it's take back your power, you becoming you. And another one that I wrote, and this is way back when, 2008, is called, um, and the point is beyond duality. And what does that mean? And I really got <laughs> my mother because she would say things. And I only said one time only because I got the look. My mother never had me, but I don't know if you had a mother, but my mother had the look. And I would say I'd pick up Encyclopedia Britannica and head for my bedroom. But she would say something. And one time I said, and the point is, and boy, did I get into trouble. So inside that, and the point <laughs> is, 
And the point is Columbus discovered America, not wrong. Or this happened, or they came across a thing up from the Aleutians. How do we really know that? Let's find out the facts. And if they did, that's fabulous. And if they didn't, then why do we perpetuate it? So that's why, and the point is beyond duality, is beginning to examine why we do things and why we don't have to. You know, there's the joke is the woman was bought a piece of meat and she cut it in half and put it in this little pan. And her friend said, you know, why do you use that little pan? Because my grandmother and my mother did. And her friend said, why don't you just buy a bigger pan and cook the whole piece of meat at once? You know what I mean? <laughs> my first key is Neo, non-emotional observer. Neo, non-emotional observer. And when you become the observer, it takes all the emotional hit. And when you take the emotional hit, then you can see with clarity. I call it realize with real eyes, the clarity instead of the emotional cloudiness and question, not in a derogatory way, but just ask yourself, why is this happening? So when you become Neo, then the other is how do you consciously create something instead of recreate? So I'll give you an example really quickly. Remember Elizabeth Taylor? Oh, yeah. She married the same man eight times. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking at profiles. They were all alcoholic abusers. I'm not wronging her. But then four of her best friends were gay, but they were all alcoholic abusers. And so she was trying and trying to fix them. You can't fix somebody. You can support them. You can do whatever it is, but you can't fix them. So as become Neo, then you look at the profiles. Why am I always attracting in the law of distraction the same thing? Oops, I did it again. And when you become Neo, you really get the clarity. And then you get what I call the aha moment. Aha, <laughs> Buddha, I got it. Now I don't have to do that again. I don't have to force that little piece of meat into this little teeny thing. The whole world is my world and how I use my increments of space. So that Neo key is incredible tool. And in the books that I have, it, it gives you all the different tools of becoming a conscious creator. And the other is to be in charge of your life, not control. Because when mm -hmm. I always use the word control is the con of the troll in your left computer brain. But when you are in charge, that's the snap, that's the photon, that is the brightness, that's when the light goes on. That is, oh, I got it. Aha. I don't have to do that again. Very cool. Isn't it cool? I love that. Sherry, this has been such a fun and enlightening conversation. That does bring me to my final question of the day. And that is, what is the kindest thing anyone has ever done for you? Oh my gosh, there has been so many. I would say when Barbara said, please come and live with me because I know it's going to make a difference in my life. That she was talking about her life and it did. Mm. That was, uh, she didn't know me. I was a stranger to her. I was recommended to her by a friend of hers and that was forever kind and we've been besties ever since and that was a long time ago wow and so that was powerful. so kind and so 
I believe what they call deliberate random acts of kindness. Mm-hmm. I believe in deliberate acts of kindness. And mm-hmm. that's what I do when I go out is if I see somebody, for instance, I was at a restaurant and this lady came in and she just looked beautiful. And so I was eating with friends and I got up and I walked over and I said, you don't know me, it doesn't matter, but you know what? You just look fabulous, just fabulous. And she must've been in her eighties, but she just had a present about her. And she just smiled and thanked me. And about a week later, I went in there and there she was in there with her husband and she smiled and he even thanked me. Oh, very cool. I love and that. I still, and I don't know their names and I didn't give them money because <laughs> it doesn't oh, matter. Yeah. Oh yeah. You can be such a bright, like beacon in someone's day with the smallest gesture. Exactly. And you never know when you can change someone's life because you don't know what's going on inside them. I can see inside them, but I, I'm, I'm not rude. I wouldn't do this unless it's a client, but I can see their energy and mm-hmm. and you can see when it's cloudy and sometimes people just require that pickup and yeah. it makes a difference when i go to trader joe's i get hugs in there all the time and you're not supposed to be <laughs> <hugged>. <laughs> <laughs> and i have my favorite people at my trader joe's store that i go to at tatum and shake and i have my favorite people over at sprouts and the manager gets me stuff that they have the product, but they don't have the size. And he orders things for me all the time. And he goes, we always love when you come in here, we're going to get you your own parking space. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we laugh all the time and we, and we joke around and and we dance because they have the greatest music in, in Sprouts over here at Ganey Ranch. And so we've been dancing in the aisles and nobody knows anybody's name. How much more fun is that? Oh, yeah. It's like, why be stuffy? Why not just enjoy life? and use humor and have fun yeah and not get involved with the belief system as geez i'll look like a fool or whatever what how fun is that kindness is really fun and when it's deliberate acts it really makes a difference Mm. and people remember you they may not know your name but they remember the essence of you oh yeah because they remember how you made them feel Yes, I, I have a special sherry drink at Starbucks at Safeway at Scottsdale and Shea. If you go in there and ask for a sherry drink, you'll get it. It's a tea. <laughs> and, and, and so I get I walk in and they're making my sherry drink. We don't talk about Starbucks or the sherry drink. We talk about what they're doing, you know, that what they're in school or who they're dating or whatever. And that's a conversation, not talking at each other, but having a conversation mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. each other. And so I, I would say that the last thing is remember, don't do anything to or for someone, be with them. Mm. I love that. Build that community. Thank you so much for joining me today, Sherry. It's been an absolute pleasure getting to speak with you. Oh, and thank you so much for having me a guest. I really appreciate it. And and if we can get the recording, I, I would love to share it all over social media. Oh, absolutely. I'll send it right over as soon as we go live. Fabulous. Thank you so much. Have a fabulous day. And since I, I and I always I'll, we'll end with this because it's Friday. Don't sit around on your weekend. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's pretty good. I love humor. I can't help it. <laughs> my humor oh, yeah. has saved my days. Oh, it's the best. Thank you so much. Thank you. Today's episode was brought to you by Prosperitas, specializing in making stunning videos to help you win more customers and look your best online. Visit prosperitasagency.com today to learn how they create unforgettable videos for unforgettable companies. 
thank you so much to all of our listeners for tuning in to today's show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you found us so that others can find it as well. And follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the LUE Podcast or visit our website at theluepodcast.com. And if you'd like to support this show even further, I'd love to invite you to become a patron of the show. For as little as $5 per month, you can help us continue to produce high-quality shows with amazing guests like you heard today. To become a patron, please visit patreon.com slash the LUE podcast. We look forward to having you tune in next time for the next episode of Law, the Universe, and Everything. I'm Pacifico Soldati, wishing you peace, love, and awesomeness. Yes.